Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Southern Seed and Feed. Do you want to provide better nutrients to your deer? If so, try Southern Buck Food Plot Blends. Your deer will love it. At Southern Seed and Feed, they specialize in making textured feed for horses, cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, chickens, small animals, and wildlife. Their products are proven irresistible, scientifically formulated to promote excellent herd health and hunter satisfaction. They supply products to various distributors throughout the South. So visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. And also brought to you by MB Ranch King. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free hunting blinds are constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. They also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. All right, guys. Good to have you back this week. Hope you guys are all spending some time with your family for Thanksgiving. That's what Butch and I are doing. We are uh, we're taking the week off from the fishing report, uh, but we have got a really special show for you this week. Joining us this week again is Hank Shaw, and we're going to be talking about some of the cool things that you can do uh, with wild game or fish for the holidays. So, Hank, uh, welcome back, man. It's always good to sit down and, and talk food with you. Um, for our listeners that might be new to Hank, tell us a little bit about yourself and really what kind of got you into this uh, this line of work, slinging wild game and fish. Thanks for having me back on. I, uh, we need to we need to go out and chase God's creatures uh, this, this coming spring too, as our as it's been our annual tradition now for well since shortly after kick six, I think actually. That's right. Uh, yeah, we got to get you back <laughs> down. Get you back down to the Gulf. We got to get you back down and trying some of these uh, these admiral shellfish oysters. Um, oh yeah. We can talk a little yeah. bit about them, but man, these are the best daggum moisture I've ever had. They are one of our show sponsors. I'm not scared to admit that, but I'm telling you, man, these things are unbelievable. Definitely got to get you down and try some of those this spring. I'm up for that. Yeah. I'm up for that. So I, I, uh, I'm a former professional chef. Um, I'm a former commercial fisherman. I'm a cookbook author. I used to be a newspaper reporter. Uh, I've done a whole bunch of things over the, over the years, and I grew up fishing and, and gathering wild plants and mushrooms and things. So, I mean, that's kind of part of my DNA. I mean, wait, 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 mushrooms, which, what kind of mushrooms? The eating like mushrooms, the, like okay. chanterelles. Yeah. Say, yeah like a not, lot of I'm people that listen some... to the show are probably out in the cattle hey, pastures man. gathering mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're no, like chanterelles okay. and morels and stuff right. like that. Gotcha. Not gotcha. The, not the, not the hippie mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and I started hunting about, actually it's 20 years ago. I hunted. So I started hunting as an adult. I've been fishing the, my whole life and I've been picking berries and mushrooms and nuts and all that kinds of stuff my whole life. And I started hunting about 20 years ago. And since 2005, uh, we have not bought meat or fish for the household, but for a handful of times in, well, it's going on almost 20 years now. So I started the website Hunter Angler Gardener Cook back in 2007, and it is now the internet's largest source of wild food recipes. I've got five cookbooks and working on a sixth and, you know, I've got a podcast too called Hunt Gather Talk and 
spend a lot of time on Instagram, you know, as everybody does these days and, and just generally trying to make a go of it. It's been absolutely a privilege and a, and a blessing to be able to do this full time since 2010. That's a very cool story. I always love hearing that, you know, you have efforted towards and been able to be successful at not buying any meat, bringing it into the home and, and really just cooking and eating what you're able to hunt, fish for, gather out there uh, in the wild. And my wife and I have tried to do the same thing um, over the years and we've had, you know, good years and bad years. But one of the things, you know, that always seems to force us into buying some meat is the holidays, specifically because, you know, a lot of people are just kind of, they're squeamish about wild game. Uh, or you've got the person that I don't like fish or I don't like seafood, you know? And, um, so you gotta kind of go out and you, you buy the crowd pleaser, you get the rib roast or, you know, the Turkey or something like that. What's your favorite holiday dish wild game or fish aside, but then also what's your favorite wild game or fish that you like to incorporate into the holidays? We've been able to incorporate game and fish into the holidays really kind of forever because my mom is a, uh, if you look up in the dictionary under the word Yankee, my mom is like the picture that's next to the dictionary definition. She's from, she's from Gloucester, Massachusetts, and is about as Yankee as Yankees. Like I'm from New Jersey and I think she's a Yankee. That should give you some idea. <laughs> and, but up in Massachusetts and all over the, you know, really the United States, the, there are regional wild game holiday dishes that have become part of the fabric. I mean, it exists in the South too. If you think about oyster stew uh, for, for the holidays, that's a big deal. But, you know, where my mom grew up in, in coastal New England, they would, they would catch a big giant striped bass and stuff it with like a, your traditional holiday stuffing. Like that's a regional deal. Like you can, you can go anywhere in Texas or Arizona or New Mexico or, or Southern California and tamales are a huge thing for, for Christmas time and, and for the holidays. And, and very, very often those tamales are venison tamales. And, you know, if you go to South Texas, venison tamales for Thanksgiving or, or Christmas is that's a thing. Mushroom stuffings. I love chanterelle stuffing with the turkey or a goose or a, or a duck. Uh, you can use really any mushroom you want, but chanterelles are, grow all over the country. And, they're, and I save some special just for the holidays. Crab is king in where I live in Northern California and Oregon for the for Christmas season. I mean, there are whole Christmas, you know, Thanksgivings where it's a turkey, sure, because you kind of have to do the turkey. But everything other than turkey is like people sit around and eat like enormous, obscene amounts of Dungeons crabs and yeah, sit there and watch amazing. football. Oh, it is amazing. It's just, yeah, it and then amazing. the turkey comes out. And, so, I mean, you, you see wild foods, you see morels saved for, the, for Thanksgiving for stuffing quite a lot in the upper Midwest. Wild rice. Wild rice is a huge deal in the northern part of the country uh, for, for Thanksgiving. So you see it interwoven through the regional specialties of, of Thanksgiving and Christmas really all over the country. And you'll see turkey as well wild turkeys. So here's the, here's the trick. If you want to serve a wild turkey for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, shoot a Jake. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, sorry. Yeah, I get it. Somebody, like, I get somebody it. in Alabama just had a heart attack. And I know you've told me about this, but it's threw like, up a little bit. In their <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a I minute. Mean, Turn that eating? crap off. Who's listening? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're talking to a cook first, right? So, Right. If, if if you shoot like a little nubbin Jake, right, which I know is a, a sin against God in nature in many parts of the country, but 
but that's the bird that you want to treat like for your Thanksgiving turkey because it's not really very different at all from from a Thanksgiving turkey, especially a heritage one. So if you were going to get a bourbon red or or an Narragansett or some of these, you know, older style, you know, I like to call them Gucci turkeys because they're really expensive. <laughs> I mean, they're good. Turkey. But it's like a hundred dollars for a turkey. Right? Yeah, the ones you got to go to Whole Foods and exactly you got to know what you're asking for. See, we do it different down here in the South. You know, we don't spend a hundred dollars on a Whole Foods turkey. We spend a hundred dollars on fancy shotgun shells and go kill tungsten. Them. That's right. Well, yeah. then shoot a Jake and make your there's your turkey. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> but yeah. Talk I mean, about because they're going to be more tender. They're going to the skin's going to be good. You know, it's it's. But if you had an old tom, like a big old rope dragger, chances are you've skinned it. And chances are you just have the breast meat. So your answer there is to butter poach it. So many times Thanksgiving is just the two of us and we will butter poach a wild turkey breast until it's nice and tender inside. And then we'll make this stand. I'll make a giblet gravy. I'll make chanterelle stuffing, you know, got to have sweet potatoes, you know, you got to have mashed potatoes and, you know, all the usual size, but the, because you know, we don't need a gigantic turkey and it's just the two of us to take a wild turkey breast and to basically make it swim in hot butter for a couple hours is a really, really good way to get go because it's, it, you get more fat involved. So it's richer and it cooks the breast meat perfectly, which is to say wild turkey is really any turkey. You really actually want it closer to 150, 155 than you do 160, 165, which is what the USDA tells you. Largely because you can, if anybody's ever had dry Thanksgiving turkey, that's why it's too, mm-hmm. it's, it was overdone. Not fun. You know, it's cool to hear you talk about all those regional influences. And I can think back to Thanksgivings and Christmases that we've had where doing exactly like you talk about, we go get a sack of oysters and throw them on the grill and everybody sits around. We, you know, put them in garlic butter and just, you know, catch up. And uh, that's a lot of fun. And you, you put know, ketchup just, on them? No, we catch up like we, you know. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. To the fat. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's, it was something that we look forward to every year. And it's interesting to hear you talk about the chanterelles because we pick, picked a good many of those on my place this year. But I didn't think about saving some of them for a, a holiday meal. That's a great idea. And it gives you something, a reason to go out during that time of year and something to look forward to. When I think about the holidays, I think about it a little bit differently, though. I often think about, I've got all these people in my house. Most of them are not hunters, not anglers, and maybe don't appreciate that type of food. So if you've got someone that you're trying to please that you know is maybe squeamish about this kind of stuff, what give me give me an idea of, of some crowd pleasers, like something that you just know is going to go over well using wild game and, and using seafood. Sure. Uh, that motor poached turkey breast is one. Like there's nobody who's going to turn their nose off that because it's it'll be the greatest turkey breast you've ever eaten. So that does, I mean, I, and that can be an old rope dragger so that you can, you can, you don't have to shoot a Jake for that one. Another really, really good one is to smoke roast a big elk or venison roast. So if you got like a big deer roast from the hind leg and you stick a probe thermometer in it and you smoke it only until the interior gets to be about 130 and then you just let it sit and then you carve it it is virtually indistinguishable from roast beef. Mm. And so no one's, everyone's going to be like, this is amazing because it's, it's medium rare or medium, however you like it. It's well seasoned. It's got smoky flavor and you can make a gravy with it uh, or just make an au jus, you know, just like a, like a pan sauce. And 
it's crazy easy because what basically what you do is you have a big giant piece of meat. You salt it a couple of days in advance in the fridge. You stick it in the smoker with a probe thermometer. And then when the, the interior temperature hits 130-ish, take it out, let it rest, carve it, and you're good to go. I mean, I mean, it's a, this is it's football, it's football watching food, you know, and th- I've never had anybody turn their nose like that. Uh, I've even done it with bear roasts. That, that's something that I've had, you know, other people do, you know, they're, oh, we're going to have a venison roast and they're always overdone, always mm-hmm. tough, always dry. I was dry. thinking the same thing. I'm always scared um, to do that. And what I'm hearing you say is number one, just don't do that. Don't overcook it. Right. I mean, make sure you're monitoring that internal temperature. You mentioned salting it a couple of days in advance. Is, is that kind of like a dry brine? Would you call it a dry brine in that way? Or, or, I mean, I personally hate that because brine, a definition of a brine involves water. So yeah, I know, it, but you just it's know. a salt cure. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, but basically you, you are letting that salt permeate the same way that a brine would. Yes, exactly that. Like, it's just like, you know, you have to take your turkey out a week before. I mean, damn. I mean, if you have, if you buy a frozen one, you got to take it out three or four days in advance just so it's not frozen. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about, so other things that are like crowd pleasers, mm-hmm. you know, up in the Northeast, I grew up in New Jersey, a big giant plate of lasagna is a big deal. Like you see that in Thanksgiving a lot as one of the dishes and ground venison in that ground, ground wild hog worked great in that. So that's, that's an example where the, the meat is incidental mm-hmm. depending on where you live. Ducks and geese can make really good holiday holiday entrees. Really, you know, Arkansas, some parts of Louisiana, places where the ducks get fat. Those are great places to, to serve, you know, a mallard if it's just the two of you or, or a speckle belly goose or a couple of mallards. Mm-hmm. And, and those are instances where it's, it's worth it and people are going to like what they get. That's very regional specific because there's a lot of places where the ducks are very skinny and you don't want to serve that on a holiday. I'm, I'm glad but, you brought that up too, because like, man, those two last year, I went to, when I went to Arkansas and killed those green heads, I plucked the whole breast and spatchcocked them and did, I don't, I don't think your recipe called for that, but I followed one of your recipes and uh, man, that was incredible. It was delicious. My past experience with smoking duck was a little bit, you know, rubbery skin, kind of overdone. But I did everything that that you had lined out in your cookbook. I forget the exact name of the recipe, but man, it was incredible. I was, uh, even my wife liked it and she's not a huge wild game fan. She's okay with deer and stuff like that. But when we start getting a little bit out there and start talking about wild duck and some of the, the things that are like Joe was talking about, people are a little scared of game here and there, but man, it was phenomenal. I will definitely do that again. Guys, let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsors, Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks are proud to be your metal roofing headquarters for over 40 years. Save time and money by buying from the most reliable manufacturer on the Gulf Coast. If you buy it today, you pick it up today. They offer 20 Sherwin-Williams colors to choose from and a 40-year warranty. Baker Metal and Dixie Supply, two names, same great service. With the addition of their new store in Cantonment, Florida, they now have eight locations to serve you. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks, your metal roofing headquarters. And also brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. Mallardbay.com is the Airbnb style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the United States. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. 
Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt. Well, Hank, speaking of fancy, you know, we talked about pleasing crowds, but then not everybody has a huge holiday gathering. Sometimes it's just you and another person or just more of an intimate group. If you do want to do something fancy, holidays are typically a time when somebody will go all out. You know, they go get the the dry aged prime rib roast and and do some long cook on a big hunk of meat. What are you, some of your fancy preparations that you like with wild game or fish? I still keep things pretty simple, but what I might do is I might do something like a, a an old school sauce, like a Cumberland sauce, which is a, an English sauce that's been popular for about the last 200 years. And it's kind of a port and, and, and berry based sauce that works really well with venison. So I might, I might cook a big length of backstrap and then just serve it with that sauce. Or I would typically, I'm going to, the, the cook isn't going to be so much different. The cut will be different. So if it's just a couple of us, maybe I do, like I happen to have a, a bison hanger steak right now. And it's only going to serve two. So I'm saving that for a special occasion. And mm. the holidays would be a good case of that. So you might have, let's say you're a duck hunter. Maybe you've got just a few fatty canvas back breasts. Like that would be like, I'm going to pull them out for this. Right. So if in my mind, it's less the, the preparation than the thing itself. So maybe I, had, I, caught, I caught four snook this year. I'm going to serve these snook on the holidays. Mm. You know, it's, it, this is the time to pull out that thing that is very special. Yeah, I like that idea. And, and that's, that's pretty true if you think to what you're used to, like with, you know, with beef, for example. It's, cooking a rib roast is not all that complicated. But it's it's the it's the cut it's the right. rib roast you know and to cut a rib roast out of a out of a deer is not as easy as just pulling the backstrap but nope you know presenting somebody with a venison chop is a much fancier preparation a fancier delivery um, than just a hunk of backstrap yeah I like I like kind of focusing in on on the cut mm-hmm. so now that being said kind of playing all the different types of people you may have over you may have that intimate setting you may have that crowd. Some people really enjoy the adventurous side of eating. And I get people all the time like, yeah, I'll try that. Yeah, give me some. You know, my 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 brother's father-in-law is that way. You know, he just, yeah, I'll try that. Sure, let's do it. When it comes to being adventurous, uh, what's some of the weirdest stuff with, with wild game and fish that people really love? There's a German Christmas dish that I absolutely love, love, love. It's called Ganzeklein. And it is a traditional dish that it's a kind of a Christmas soup with a big semolina dumpling sitting in the middle of it for the starch, but it's entirely made of everything that you don't use for the roast goose. So it's, it's the neck, it's the wingtips, it's the giblets. It's, it's basically everything that's not in the roaster because you're eating roast goose for Christmas. It's all of the uh, kind of offcuts that are made into this Christmassy, there's dried fruit in it. There's Christmas spices. It tastes, it, it sounds like it should be all wrong, but it's amazing. And it's done with kind of offcuts of a goose. And it's, it's, a, it's been a classic for, I don't know, several hundred years for a reason. The other one would be English mincemeat pies. So everybody's heard the term mincemeat. And I think everybody knows, you know, think they know what a mincemeat pie is. 
But traditionally, a mincemeat pie is literally that. It's it's there's meat in it. <laughs> I and so you're gonna have ground something. Uh, I'm making them right now. The 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 actual filler of these little pies. They're little. It's like a imagine like a, a a little hand pie shaped like a like a cupcake kind of deal. It's like, like a pot little pie. like a little personal pot. Yeah, so it's like a little. It's like, like a little. Yeah, pie, yeah, it's a tiny little pot pie. But the filling is dried fruit. It's brandy or scotch, and it's ground meat and Christmas spices. And it sits in the fridge for a week or two to kind of like really, really get it. So everything gets to know each other. And then you make these puff pastry little hand pies. Yeah, I've never had that. It's amazing. Me it's, it's very, I mean, very old school English. Scotch, but none of the other For stuff. sure. And definitely yeah. not all put together. And so that, that, that one's a little bit. The, the mixture of sweet and meat is very, very old school, at least in Europe, for the holidays. And and it's it's not something that we do a lot these days. A little bit we do. Like, you know, teriyaki is kind of sweet. So there's a you see echoes of that now. But these old things, it's really medieval. You know, the medieval palate really liked the, the kind of Christmassy spices, a little bit of sweetness, and then meat all at the same time. Hank, you know, it sounds like really there's a way to incorporate whatever you're out catching, killing, gathering. Yeah, the whole the whole spectrum. You got somebody then for everybody. You just got to be tactical about it. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. And, and you got to get inspired. And I feel like for me personally, at least, you know, like to get inspired to do something. I love if there's a tradition behind something, because then if you're like you're serving it, there's a story to why you're serving it, as opposed to just like, yeah, eat this because it's, you know, something you've never had before and kind of weird. Like if there's a tradition behind it, even if it's not a family tradition, it's something from some other part of the country or yeah, something to, get, something to get behind. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just neat to be able to it's all share part of that the experience. Yeah, that experience. Like I say, you're kind of eating with your mind as well. How do you get inspired to to do these kind of things? Like, where do you go for for this kind of inspiration and this kind of guidance? Typically, it's a combination of travel and and reading cookbooks. I mean, it's I, I get a lot of inspiration from so, from sometimes from my colleagues, sometimes from people I've never heard of, and and you can dive into a cuisine and really kind of wallow around in it and find the pieces that that make you excited. So I've done this with Mexico, I've done it with Peru, I've done it with Italy and Spain and Germany and Scandinavia. And, and now I'm kind of looking a little bit into Scotland, you know, kind of the, the food of my ancestors and trying to pick out those things that are, that are really good. They're, they're very, you'll, you'll like a good case, uh, uh, there's a, a hand pie called Breedy which is, it's a Scottish pasty, basically. So it's a hand pie. You see these in Appalachia a lot, which is, which is not a coincidence because of the Scots-Irish who are from Appalachia. But it's a, basically a turnover hand pie that's made with a, a pie crust. But it's an interesting pie crust and it has an egg in it. And that egg changes the pie crust for the better, which is so like, huh, that's different. And so you make this a few times and then you kind of make it your own. And you're like, oh yeah, all right. So so what I've started to do is, so the traditional Scottish pie, it's like a meat pie, right? But it's very, very plain. It's like, imagine just like ground ground beef and some onions and, and stuffed in a, in, a, in a pie crust. That's fine. But there's another Scottish dish called mince and tatties. And so that's basically ground meat, but with spices and interest. It's much more interesting and, and mashed potatoes. Well, you can put that inside that, that hand pie. And that's way cooler. So you get to play in these cuisines. You know, I do this with Mexican stuff a lot too. 
and you make it fit what you do. So, I mean, I'm a hunter, right? So, well, that would work with game or well, that would, well, I, I hunt grouse and there's a grouse dish and, or, or I need a fish a lot like a speckled trout for this. And like, well, good thing there's speckled trout here. So you, you get to make these connections first through reading and then you, then you travel. I mean, one of the things that I really love about the United States is we still do have real regional cuisine. You still have things that are kind of native to the Gulf that you would not see in the Chesapeake. And you definitely wouldn't see in a place like Iowa Agreed. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't go up to Chesapeake talking about bowling crabs. They don't. Oh, they don't, yeah. Oh, good point. They, yeah, they don't like they're, that up there. They're they're the steaming crew for right. sure. Yeah, we pretty much bowl and crab bowl. You know, I mean, it's literally yeah. like the name. No, let's go what, up there. That's what, what we do. Go up there and ask somebody for some boiled crab and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see where traveling around and kind of plundering in the different ethnicities would be very, very inspiring. And like you say, that's one thing I enjoy about your cookbooks and your recipes. You're like, well, this could work or this one's very similar. It's probably going to be about the same. Um, I do that a ton in your recipes. Yeah. I think the the fun part from my perspective is to adapt it for the wild element. So yeah. there's lots of fish and seafood things and those translate directly because you're using the same thing. But you know, a pheasant's not a chicken. They're close, but there's a there's enough differences where it's mentally challenging for me to like, okay, so this is not a chicken, but I, it can definitely work. And here's how it's going to work with the different modifications. Yep. Yeah. I love that about like, uh, your, what Butch was saying about your cookbooks, how it's not so much, this is a speckled trout recipe. It's more like this is a recipe for fish and here's yeah. all the different types of fish that would work well. Speckled trout being one of them. I think that's very helpful in terms of like, well, it makes it much easier to make to make a dish, right? Yeah, because if you've got a, if you've got some fresh speckled trout and you go to Google and you type in speckled trout recipes, well, you know maybe you find something that somebody Fried. curated specifically for speckled trout. But it'd be more beneficial if it was like, well, here's a great recipe that would work well with speckled trout, and that's right. That's really what one it of gives the you a lot more options. Out. It opens up a lot more opportunities for sure. Well, it's like triple tail ooh la la, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It's a great, uh, great recipe. It is a great recipe. (laughs) Great fish. Work well with uh, what? Rockfish for the folks in the. Yeah, I mean that. I mean any. I mean walleye, rockfish. You know, black sea bass. You know, small reds, small with small black drum, puppy drum. Yeah, sheep's head. I think I did that one with sheep's head as well. Yeah, sheep head would work. Guys, let's take a quick break and take a minute to check out some of the businesses that keep this show free for you each week. This segment was brought to you by. Bucks Island Marine. At BucksIsland.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, and bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks. They love trade-ins, which provides a steady stream of used boats, and they can rig your boat at their 18-bay service department or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by MB Ranch King. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, 
MB Ranch King's maintenance-free hunting blinds are constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. They also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. First South Farm Credit. What does a farm mean to you? Maybe it's just a piece of land where you can go relax or enjoy the outdoors. Whatever the farm means to you, First South Farm Credit can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. As a successful financial cooperative, First South shares its profits with its borrowers in the form of a patronage refund, which lowers your cost of borrowing. To find out how First South can help you, visit their website at firstsouthland.com or call them at 800-955-1722. They are an equal housing lender. And also by Bucks Island Marine. At BucksIsland.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, and bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks. They love trade-ins, which provides a steady stream of used boats, and they can rig your boat at their 18-bay service department or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by First South Farm Credit. What does a farm mean to you? Maybe it's just a piece of land where you can go relax or enjoy the outdoors. Whatever the farm means to you, First South Farm Credit can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. As a successful financial cooperative, First South shares its profits with its borrowers in the form of a patronage refund, which lowers your cost of borrowing. To find out how First South can help you, visit their website at firstsouthland.com or call them at 800-955-1722. They are an equal housing lender. Well, Hank, uh, like I said, cookbooks are an important part of getting inspired. You've got some cool deals going on. Tell everybody a little bit about Really, just give them a rundown of all your cookbooks, and and you know you got a special offer for everybody listening today. I do, I do. So I've written five, and the first one's kind of a primer on everything, and that one is uh, called Hunt, Gather, Cook. And then I have kind of not so much species specific, but area specific cookbooks. So I've got one for waterfowl called Duck, Duck, Goose. I've got one for all things antlered, so deer and elk and pronghorn and moose and all that kind of stuff. That one's called Buck, Buck, Moose. And I've got one for all the small games. So pheasants and rabbits and quail and all that kind of stuff like that. And that is, of course, called Pheasant, Quail, Cottontail. My most recent book is Hook, Line, and Supper. And that, as you might imagine, is all fish and seafood, both freshwater and saltwater. So between all of these, they'll pretty much set you up for no matter what you bring home. Yeah. And they, you, can, you can either buy them on Amazon, and that's fine, uh, or you can go to my website. And the website is huntgathercook.com. And if you do that, not only will you be supporting me and not a gigantic corporation, but you will, in many cases, the book is actually cheaper than Amazon. And every single book that we sell you will have, will have my signature on it. So it's like a triple threat. And just for the holidays, if you use the code great days, all one word, so type great days in the coupon code on my website, which is huntgathercook.com. You'll get an extra 20% off just for the holidays. So it's a screaming deal and you're helping a guy out and you're not helping Jeff Bezos, you know, go to space or wherever it is. He's <laughs> We're real people down here. Right. Yeah. Hank, it's been fun, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting excited now for 
for the holiday meals and starting to think about some ways I can. We should have done this after lunch. I'm starving now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hank, in the intro, we kind of talked a little bit about you coming down. You come down every year and we try to do a target species. I was going to ask you what your target species is going to be in 23 with us, but I would think that it's probably going to be the same one as earlier in this year since we totally botched it for you. Maybe we can get a pompano and a ling this year. Maybe we'll have a little bit better weather. <laughs> yeah. So it's not gale force winds. <laughs> we tried best our best, was- man. The best part is I'm in the airport, like I'm on my layover and, and Joe texts me this picture of exactly where we were fishing. And there's not like even a ripple on the, on yeah. the oh yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you got here, it was just the, the day, five like, days literally of, like as you yeah. left, everything smoothed out. And then five I mean, days of just the worst weather, probably of 2022 really. Well, and, and, and Butch too, like when we went sword fishing with Hank, you know, we, we caught, we caught one small undersized swordfish and the next two days, like our captain, Adam Peoples, like set his own record, you know, for how many, right. like, they call like 19 in two days or something like that. So yeah, you're going to have that every now and again, man. Sometimes you just have a bad trip. It's <laughs> That's okay. What That's what oh, happens yeah. when you, well, uh, I mean, I had, a, I had a really cool year though. I mean, I caught my first ever alligator gar and it was gigantic. It was as big as me. Got my first ever snook, which was super fun. And, and so me too, actually, uh, I just knocked that one off the list a couple of weeks ago. Did you hit a, a slot fish or did you throw it back? Oh, uh, it was, we threw them all back. Um, oh, I don't know okay. what the slot was. We were all just releasing everything. They're about 25 inches was the biggest one probably. So no, it wasn't a huge one, but still pretty cool. Snook are, in my opinion, the greatest eating fish in the Gulf of Mexico. I heard that when I was down there. I really, yeah. I, I don't know if they were in season or not. I didn't even pay attention. So I wish I kind of would have now. It would have been pretty, delicious. It's, had, pretty, it's a pretty strong claim putting up next to a scamp. For sure. I've had multiple to. people tell me that though. Oh, I, I take it over a scamp. I, I think a scamp is, I think a scamp can compete. I think cobia can compete. That's strong though. But I there's think. not that many other fish that can compete with a snook. I think I got those two can for sure. I need to partake huh? in this. I think I need to partake in this. I yeah, it's a yeah. really big South deal to Florida, catch one in the slot. So South Florida or South Texas. I caught mine in Brownsville. Mm, okay. Next trip, Joe. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Hank, always fun, man. Enjoyed, Enjoyed it. it. Y'all, y'all go check out uh, huntgathercook.com and use that promo code. It's a great gift idea and great for inspiration for your holiday meals. Absolutely. Have a good holidays, guys. Thanks, Hank. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you. To get the podcast emailed to you each week, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. 4377. You'll join our email list and wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros at landhunting.com. That's going to do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. This week's Sunland show is brought to you by Fatatas Defense. The Fatatas Defense PD Pro Ultralight Ultra Compact Night Vision System. Simply the best in class night vision systems ever built. Contact FatatasDefense.com to learn more. Fatatas Defense, Masters of Darkness. And also by Alabama Farmers Co op. Alabama Farmers Cooperative has been serving gardeners, farmers, and everyone in between for 85 years. Visit www.alafarm.com for more information and to find a co-op near you. 
Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fish and game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. And also brought to you by Great Days Outdoors, the South's finest hunting and fishing magazine. Pick up your copy wherever magazines are sold or check them out at GreatDaysOutdoors.com. And also the Hunter's Bait Lowdown Trail Cam Reviewer. The Lowdown High Speed Trail Cam Viewer has flipping fast technology that allows you to view images three times faster on a screen that is 60% bigger than typical 7-inch viewers. Find out more at LowdownViewer.com. And also First South Farm Credit. First South shares its profits with its borrowers in the form of a patronage refund, lowering your cost of borrowing. Check them out at FirstSouthLand.com or call them at 800-955-1722. They're an equal housing lender. 